This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, Talk Tuners. Lately, I've been making some positive changes in my life, but it definitely wasn't easy, nor did it happen overnight. With the help of talk therapy, I've been able to grow and unlearn behaviors and beliefs that were causing me to feel stuck. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. And special offer to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash Steph and Steph. That's better H E L P dot com slash Steph and Steph. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Hello, talk tuners. We hope you're having a really happy summer. We are here with episode 31 for you. I'm Stephanie Myers, my lovely co-host, Stephanie Pena. We're so excited. We're going to be talking about Sonic Youth today, actually, for those who are big fans. But first of all, it's summertime. Summertime means summer concerts. We're here to chat in this episode about the music and memories that have shaped our lives. But first, I want to just talk about summer concert season, Stephanie. Yes, yes, it's summer concert season. Can I get a hell yeah? Woo! So good. And, you know, Stephanie, throughout the course of our, you know, friendship, and even today, we're talking about amazing summer concerts that we went to. Curious to know, are you going to any summer festivals? Do you have maybe just, um, uh, you know, just some special shows you might be attending? Do you have anything lined up? Um, let's see. The next one that I have is in the Hollywood Cemetery, uh, Father John Misty. Um, and that's, I think, in August. Uh, I think it's in August. Yeah. And then uh, when you go to Riot Fest, that would be the next festival I attend. And that's in September. And I was trying to think yeah. back, like, I don't know when the last time I went to a festival was. And I don't know what my stamina will be like in September, but we shall okay. see. Okay. Okay. So this is good. This is good conversation. And I know our listeners are resonating with this too, because we're coming back from, you know, pandemic, right? So for those that feel comfortable, they're going to festivals and I, I'm in that boat, right? I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. Um, fully vaccinated, et cetera. Do what I need, do what I can stand far away from people. Do what I can. Anyway, be outdoors. So I need to ask. What do you bring with you to prepare for an outdoor summer concert? What are your must-haves? Mine is definitely for survival, wet ones, because you never know what's going to happen. And when you eat, it'll give you enough napkins. Tissues, because there's never any toilet paper. And hand sanitizer, sunscreen, and a container for water. That's like my big thing. What about you? That's a great idea. 
So I was thinking back recently and realized um, there was a time in my life when I would uh, bring a tiny tape recorder and bootleg everything that I saw. And so I would have, it was called concert shorts that were like very specific cargo shorts that like fit this tape recorder. And I was, it was just like a yeah. uh, second nature for me. I would just bootleg all the shows. Um, uh -huh. I guess now I could technically still do that with a phone if I really wanted to, but now I'm like, I'm good. Like, it's fine. I don't really need to have a lot of ways of finding that material, I guess. But back in the day, awesome. it was, yeah, really special. And I would uh, make copies for friends who like couldn't go to the shows or whatever. Um, yeah, but it's different now because now you can go on YouTube and look up the show you saw last night, right? Yeah, so. it was different. Yeah, exactly. Different. Totally different. different. They won't know the vibe, like whatever. But yeah, I was thinking like that I used to recently, uh, that I used to back in the day do that. Um, and then awesome. now it's more about, um, I mean, I like what you're saying around water because that's something <laughs> I need to continue to do. Probably blanket, sit down area because I don't like to be elbow to elbow it's people there you these go. things you know exactly exactly i hear that so guess what i'm actually going to my first festival um about a month from now it's the freaks on parade tour that rob zombie put together he's bringing mudbane static x and power man 5000 and it kicks off july 20th in maryland ain't that crazy new metal industrial nostalgia my youth dude you know when you met me and it's all i listened to remember you bought me a rob zombie uh cd for my birthday which was phenomenal um you know some little fun facts i just want to share real quick because that disease our bands again my youth love it love it love it um did you know that the lead singer spider of power man 5000 is rob zombie's brother they look nothing alike and supposedly they live normal lives so looking forward to seeing them um together i've never seen them together i've seen them separately but uh this is good a little family reunion and then i am just a little bit on the fence and i don't know how i'm gonna feel when static x takes the stage because as those who do know static x or just follow music news in general the lead singer wayne static he passed in 2014. luckily i was able to see him right before months before his untimely death at the texas independence fest but check this out. So Static X decided that they wanted to, uh, you know, bring on, a, bring on a new tour, but this is during pandemic. So cancel, cancel, cancel. But everyone's asking who's going to play Wayne? Who's going to do Wayne's voice? It's the lead singer, Edzel Dope from Dope. And, and he's wearing a mask, girl. He's wearing a Wayne Static mask. I don't know how I feel about this. That's weird. At all. That's weird. It is weird. It is weird. And then, so... What? He's doing this for every show? Yes, he comes out. He's not supposed to know... People are not supposed to know who he is. I think he knows... He goes by the stage name of Zero. But over the course of the little... Of the shows they did do, like, you know, um, during the pandemic, whatever they could get by, people started noticing neck tattoos that were similar to the lead singer of Dope, Ed Zell Dope. And so... The mystery was solved of who the who the masked man is. Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of speechless yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, nuts. And then, well, let's end this on a good note. But Mudbane's coming back. Holy metal! Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Saw Mudbane long, so many times, maybe about two or three times. Um, but the last time I saw him was actually in New York in 2008 at Roseland Ballroom. Roseland in, in New York City. So that was awesome. I went solo because, you know, nobody wants to go. But that's cool. Anyway. <laughs> I bet it was a good show, have, though. 
Yeah, dude, it's gonna be awesome. So 10 plus years on a hiatus and they're back together. So this is exciting. But wanted to throw that out there. So talk tuners. If y'all listen to that genre of music, holler at us. Let's talk about this Wayne Static mask. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But whatever. Neither here nor there. But yeah. we're here to talk about Sonic Youth today. We are. We are. And I'm really excited. I'm usually pretty excited, you know, when we record these. But Sonic Youth has such a touch point, series of touch points, really, for us. Um, and in this case, you know, Sonic Youth, for people who don't know, I mean, if I just called them massively influential, that would be an understatement. And it's hard to even know where to begin when you talk about a band like Sonic Youth. Uh, yeah. They're, you know, they've influenced so many, so many bands. Um, I'll kind of just share similar or related vein. Um, you know, there's the old quote about Velvet Underground. It's like, not that many people listened to them, but everybody who did went and formed a band. And I kind of think, you know, in many ways, that's the same with Sonic Youth honestly, but people did, uh, they did have that popularity, of course, when they were together, but you know, you'd be surprised on like people who can't mention their songs. They can't, uh, they don't necessarily know those off the top of their head. So it's something I always think about. They really deserve their due. Um, so True. they really, really do. Um, so Sonic Youth is Thurston Moore on guitar and vocals, Kim Gordon, of course, on bass vocals and guitar and Lee Ronaldo on guitar and vocals. And uh, Thurston and Kim were together as a couple for many, many years. And uh, we'll get into that. They were this rock and roll power couple for so long. So we'll get into that because that's really just part of the it's part of the band history. Yeah, and it's majorly important. So, all right, let, let's talk about the name of Sonic Youth because when it just comes out your mouth, I don't know, I think it's the coolest name ever for a band. Sonic Youth. All right, so I did some digging on where they came up with this name. Um, from youdiscovermusic.com, Sonic came from MC5's Fred Sonic Smith, and Youth is after the reggae artist Big Youth. Now, um, these are all New York artists, and they formed in 1981. So they've been around for quite a while. And I know that you love yourself some of the MC5. I love MC5. Well, get to them in the future. But yeah, so cool that they're named after Fred Sonic Smith. Um, I loved them back in the days with Wayne Kramer. And then when they reunited, we did get to see them in Central Park, um, as we have done in many other instances. So just as an aside, but yeah, they continue this proud tradition of very influential bands. Absolutely. Well, and you know, as you mentioned earlier, briefly, Stephanie, you know, Sonic Youth wasn't really like commercial success. Um, they didn't hit a U.S. success right away. They definitely, you know who they are, but I'm pretty sure there's listeners on the line who are like, wait, who's that? That's not Nirvana. When you think of indie music and alternative, you go to Nirvana, right? This ain't Nirvana. So these are like the, um, you know, the, the pioneers. And um, they actually started, their um, fan base was bigger in Europe when they came out in the early 80s. Um, they were on an indie label. And actually, I'm going to be completely honest, um, I was introduced to them in 1994. So again, with commercial success, they hit it pretty big with Bull in the Heather. That is a song that is different from other Sonic Youth songs because Kim is the lead on the actual vocals, which is cool. Thank you. 
in that video, um, Kathleen Hanna, who is the Bikini Kill singer, is in there doing just dancing around and being silly with the band. So with that one video alone, um, that's how I got introduced to pretty much everything in 94. Come on, I'm watching a TV alternative nation. Um, in 94, yeah, I got like a, got a two for one, a cool band introduction because I was like, who's this other member? Like, who, who's this lady just dancing around? Is that fifth member or <laughs> like, who is this anyway and uh through the show and through the vj and so so forth i learned that was kathleen kathleen hannah and uh guys bikini kill is actually um touring now so check them out if you can so that's another cult band another for pioneer as you say for um you know for you know indie music period yeah and thank you for setting the context for talk tanners with bikini kill because i think that's another band that folks should go listen to, right? If they haven't had the chance. Um, as far as these collaborations, they were awesome. It's just the sweet spot in the 90s um, where they were happening. And it was really neat um, to see that across bands. Um, but you know, all good things, I guess, have to come to an end. So Sonic Youth did eventually break up. And it was really sadly, the breakup of the band was decided by Thurston Moore's affair with the wow. book editor, uh, Eva Prince. And um, Thurston and Kim did attempt uh, marriage counseling, but Thurston refused it in the affair, which I think is pretty crappy. Um, <laughs> just inserting my opinion there. And then in October of uh, 2011, they announced their separation and then were in this awkward position where they still had a few tour dates left to perform contractually. And so that was pretty awkward. Uh, Kim Gordon talks about it in her memoir. Whoa, wait, wait, pause for a minute. So you're saying that they signed a con, so they broke up before their tour was over. Yeah, they broke up as a couple before their tour was over. And so it was like, well, we can't break up the band yet. Um, but we have broken okay. up our longstanding relationship, um, which right. was super, uh, sounds like it was pretty awkward. They had uh, a date or two in Brazil but Kim Gordon talks about it in her memoir. It's called Girl in the Band. It's a really good memoir. But she was like, oh, it was our, she called it like a harrowing final show. And then she wrote, the couple everyone believed was golden and normal and eternally intact who gave younger musicians hope that they could outlast a crazy rock and roll world was now just another cliche of middle-aged relationship failure, a male midlife crisis, another woman, a double life. And I say her words there because I, I think first person quotes are really powerful there. And I don't think there's commentary that I could, make that uh, would supersede something like that. So obviously this was very painful. They're trying to continue the band dynamic. They're trying to continue to perform for people, but the relationship that had uh, been there the whole time was no longer there. Um, and so she talks about, she said the band's opening song was uh, Brave Men Run and My Family. That's uh, from their 1985 Bad Moon Rising. And she says, I could barely hold it together during the first song, Brave Men Run. At one point my voice fell Felt like it was scraping against its own bottom and then the bottom fell out. Tonight, mm -hmm. Thurston and I didn't look at each other once. And when the song was done, I turned my shoulders to the audience so no one in the audience could see my face. And so it was obviously like this terrible, painful thing that was like, okay, we're in the shambles of like, now we have to continue uh, with this, um, these things that we've signed up for. And then, yeah, she says, we could have canceled the tour, but we signed a contract, performing lives, how bands make a living. We all had families and bills to pay. And in mine and Thurston's case, college tuition for Coco, which is their daughter. Um, so, and then 
she said other band members were caught in the middle as well. Uh, but yes, there was a very terrible kind of breakup that happened. So their star shone very brightly, influenced all these bands. And then sadly, the end was pretty in Kim's words, harrowing. Yeah, like this, this couple for me was like the first Courtney and Kurt. Like I saw them and I thought they were just gonna be together to the end. And when I was introduced in 94, I started reading Spin Magazine, Rolling Stone on the regular, getting to know the influence that this band had and actually getting to know about this relationship because it was something that was always brought up because they'd been together for a while. Man, that sucks. <laughs> wow. Wow, I have to read this memoir. That's insane. Oh my gosh. It the just feelings. Yeah, it makes me feel uh terrible for her and it's just like oh my god like what they went through but yeah so that's um the unfortunate way that things ended what i think is on the the silver lining or the flip side of all this that is a really cool positive thing is you and i got to see them several times um prior to that which uh i never thought would happen uh yeah. so that was super super cool um i got to see them in 2009 at terminal five um, for folks not in New York, Terminal 5 is a huge, huge venue. It's not a terminal and airport. Um, it's a really big venue on the west side. Um, it used to be it used to be one of my favorites in New York to see a show. Yeah, but then it was like they overcrowded it. Like it became like way too much. And then uh, I stopped seeing shows there. But at the time, it was really cool. They did a great show that night. I was near the stage, but there's it's a tiered set up. So I was on the second level, but right near there. And I, I was right near these upper speakers. And then I do believe that I forgot my earplugs that night paid for. It does also seem to be a theme of this podcast where I forget my earplugs. Um, it does guys. So talk to <laughs> where your earbuds it's important. If you get anything, any type of lesson from Stephanie and Stephanie, wear your earbuds, please and don't mosh. What a great slogan okay. for this show. What Where a great <laughs> What a great slogan for this podcast, honestly. Um, it's like a PSA. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you don't want the next day, you don't want the hearing loss. Here guys, the thing is hearing loss, uh, you don't get it back. So it's like, yeah, it's going to feel bad the next day and you're like, "Oh, did I eventually get it back?" Once it's lost, it's lost. Yeah. So really, do wear your do where you're shows. Yeah, like no joke, y'all, for real. Come on, man. But no, that's that's pretty brave of you stuff because I do know that uh, venue well. Not one of my favorites. I'm surprised you said that. I, do, I did not dig it, dude, at all. I yeah. was like, I never seen... find a good spot to like just watch the show. It was obstructed views everywhere. So big, yeah, that it's like kind of awkward to see things. And yeah, and this, I just remember it being like, it was kind of overheating or whatever, but it's like, oh man, Sound of Peace is here. But it was, we did get really good spots to see them. I believe I went with my roommate, Carol, um, who's a really big fan. Um, so it was really neat to be able to see them do that. And it was, yeah, great to see them reunited. And then um, the year before, um, you and I got to see them in a totally different context. Yeah, guys, this was epic. So 2008 at McCarran Park Pool, which is in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. All right, y'all. So Sonic Youth actually played the last show there on August 30th, 2008. McCarran Park Pool is an actual pool that is larger than the size of four Olympic-sized pool. This is massive. 
And after its closing in the 80s, um, eventually, this 2008, it became a beloved summertime concert space. And um, it was they were actually putting on shows like three years before, um, you know, so 2005, 2008 was their run there. The pool eventually got um, renovated and it's closed right now, but hopefully sometime in the future, it'll be open again because, of course, pandemic. But um, I was really surprised because I didn't think we were going to an actual pool. I didn't, I don't hang out in Greenpoint. I never did. And I'm like, oh, it's New York. It's probably just like a pool hall or something. And then we literally hanging out in a fucking pool. Oh, what is this? Only in New York. Only in New York. I was like, wow. Wow, there's graffiti everywhere. You can see kind of like the the dive board sort of. <laughs> what is this? But nonetheless, it was amazing. It was a great venue. Um, other really popular acts played there, like Beastie Boys. They, they did a set there, so did MIA. I don't know where I was during those shows, but I should have been there. Anyway, another thing about that show that just sticks out. So I mentioned that I love Bull and Heather. That was the song that introduced me to the band. And I was really ready because on it, because guys, if you're going to go back in their catalog, you're going to know that Thurston leads the vocals. And so really enjoyed this one, Kim leading. Um, They didn't play it. Story of my life, y'all. Story of my life. And I need to know about other talk tuners have gone to shows and been like, yeah, I can't wait to hear this song. And it doesn't get played. It doesn't get played. And I expected them to play it because, again, that's the one that kind of made them commercial. But that goes to show how cool Sonic Youth is. They're like, listen, kids, we've been here since 1981. We are legends. We are the pioneers of indie rock and alternative rock. We're going to play whatever the fuck we want. And guess what? You're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Right. It was a good, good time. Did you see any other shows at McCarran Park Pool? I did, but I'd have to I'd have to go back and jog my memory. Um, maybe Mission of Burma. It was somewhere in Williamsburg, but it was um, it was open air, so it was better than when we almost lost our hearing at Mission of Burma and the loudest show I've ever been to before or since at the Williamsburg Music Hall. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, that was that's pretty crazy. So, y'all, this place is massive. Just literally, I did not expect to be watching Sonic Youth in an empty pool. <laughs> you didn't know what you signed up for, you know? But it was great. It was great. It was very New York. So, and that was in the summer. So, it was, it was nice. And, uh, yeah, so, like, our Sonic Youth memories don't stop there. Yeah, so, <laughs> 2008 is when, yeah, we went to this show at McCarran Park Pool. And then 2008 was also um, the same year that we got to, to see Thurston Moore at a special MoMA event. So I was uh, I was going back and researching that night because I was like, oh, that was a pretty special night for both of us mm-hmm. uh, to go see this MoMA exhibit. It was David Bowie videos. Thurston Moore was introducing them. And that show was sold out. I mean, it sounds awesome. So, of course, like everybody jumped on that. So we're like, oh, damn, like we're not going to be able to see this. But uh, via your connections, you got us tickets to be able to go see this in a pretty small auditorium, as I recall. Like it wasn't huge. It was just like, oh, man, we found you two seats. So that was awesome. And it was so cool. It was so cool. We got to like honor David Bowie, Thurston's introducing them. And I just remember 
uh, I know you have some specific memories about this too, but I always remember uh, you wouldn't approach Thurston afterwards to get your tickets to sign. And so I had to do it for you, which I barely had remembered. I got through my email and looked at this. Um, I was like, what? Doesn't seem like you. St. Meyer's making my dreams come true, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's not been, this is even before I started working in the industry. Y'all. I started getting into the industry in 2009. I'm just not that person. I will not ask for autographs. I will not. No. I'm like, thank you for your time. Goodbye. <laughs> That's just me. That's just me. And yeah, so this, we got the tickets through my employer at the time, um, AICP. Um, we did some events at MoMA. And so um, I was able to get it through that. So that was really cool. And like Steph said, it was sold out. There was no seating. We were actually hanging out against the wall. Um, I guess they oversold the tickets. Somehow, miraculously, the ushers ushered us in into a, a row where there were two seats next to each other. Great. It's better than sitting on the floor. But there is an aisle seat that was open. And I shit you not, Thurston Moore sat next to me. Yep. Yep. To me. And he crossed his legs. He's all tall, y'all. And I was just like, my heart is coming out of my chest. And I'm like, what do I do? Nothing. I am frozen. I am going to sit here and just watch David Bowie, amazing videos, and then on my uh, peripheral view, just gawk at Thurston Moore. I mean, dude, dude, I remember like hitting you and you're <laughs> like, oh my God. Oh my God. It's Thurston. And that's how you were able to get the um, his autograph because we were sitting next to him. What the hell? Next to him. Wow. He and was, he was, yeah, that's why I was like, oh, you're going to talk to him. And you were like, no. No, dude, I'm just not. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you did. Thank you so much. I Thank still have guys. that ticket stub, man. Um, that was something else, y'all. Y'all don't expect someone super famous, icon, to just, you know, hang out with you in the theater. I mean, oh, my God. I mean, whatever, y'all. That was, uh, that was a magical night for me. It was really cool regardless. We're going to see one of our favorites. Bowie being inducted into MoMA for his great artwork and, you know, and all his videography. <laughs> I was like, wow, we're just like, it's, it, this is the best month ever. I did see, so when the band, the band just, uh, <clears throat> Sonic Youth disbanded in 2011, but Thurston Moore started playing solo shows. And I actually had the opportunity to see him in 2013 at Aud Auditorium Shores in Austin, Texas at Fun, Fun, Fun Fest. That was great. And so when he played, it was, there were a lot of people there yet. And so again, I'm like on the rail because there's not a lot of people. It's not like, oh, we're all pierced like sardines. No, 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 no. I was on the rail because there were a lot of people. And I'm just like, dude, we have some clout. Like, can we talk about 2008? Have you been to MoMA since? But anyway, did it, of course. I just enjoyed the set, let him do his thing. But, um, but yeah, that, I don't know. Maybe I was like homies with Thurston Moore back in the day. I, Maybe whatever. so. Yeah, yeah. keeps crossing your path, you know, all these reasons. Yes. Yes. I uh, I did find out related to uh, fun Austin venues that Stubbs in Austin is uh, Thurston's favorite music venue. Also mine. That is like my longtime favorite, favorite place to see a show. There's so much cool history on that property. Um, folks who've never seen a show there, definitely check it out. It's it, parts of it date back to the 1800s. It's incredible. Yeah, dude, I didn't know that, man. Learn something new about you every day. So I had no idea that Stubbs was one of your favorite venues. I got a lot of memories there, of course. When I was working in the industry, I was in Austin. So 
always at stubs to do security and so forth. And I was even the merch bitch for a while, a little bit. So um, I have some good stub stories, but yeah, great venue. And for those that do not know what stubs is, it is a restaurant as well and they have good food. So um, check it out for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. They're very, very cool. So that's one of my favorite places to see a show. I don't know if Sonic Youth have played there. Right? So like Thurston, if you're listening, when are you going to play a show at Sonic Youth? Yeah. I mean, come on. Just come on. Come back. It's not going to happen. Whatever. Or just by yourself. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's, it's fine. We'll go. Yeah. yeah. Right. Wherever you go, we will follow. Because <laughs> you are a music genius. It was really cool. Like when I look back on all these Sonic Youth memories, we just had so many. It's just like, until we're talking about it, kind of didn't even remember it. Yeah, I know. Pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. Um, you know, I guess we can definitely end this one with the, uh, with the knowledge of knowing that again, we are very fortunate because we have seen some badass, badass legendary acts. And this is one of them. So Super, um, super excited to hear what any talk tuners have as far as memories go um, with Sonic Youth. They've been on, you know, they were in the scene for a long time. Um, you know, even let's talk about anything they do because it, their art's beautiful. Their videos are great. Their music is great. Their live performance are very uh, captivating. So we'd love to hear from you guys for sure. And keep in mind, as always, we are a member of the Pantheon Network. Uh, we love Pantheon. Thank you for your great feedback on reviews on Apple podcasts and on Twitter. We love hearing them. We really appreciate it from time to time. We will reading the five-star reviews that we get on Apple podcasts. There's some very kind ones um, that we had read in recent episodes. So just wanted to say thank you for that. Um, Y'all, we got a full store, man. So check us out. We got t-shirts, we got socks, we got pint glasses, whatever you need for your summer concerts and you, you want to promote your favorite podcast, <coughs> us, that'd be cool. Um, you know, anyway, we got you, man. You can find us on, uh, you know, directly from our site, emdstalktunes.com. So, yes. Um, and as far as decor, please reach out, continue to reach out. Um, you can uh, give us a shout on any of the social platforms. So that's at Stephanie's Talk Tunes on IG, FB, and TikTok. And at Stephanie's Talk on Twitter. If you want to reach out, reach out to us via email, you can do so at Stephanie's Talk Tunes at gmail.com. This is Stephanie Pena. Thank you for letting me share my stories of uh, Sonic Youth and Thurston Moore. I had a good time. I'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Peace out, guys. Stephanie Myers here. See you in two weeks. Thank you, Talk Tuners.